Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz, mama of three, author, and creator of Mama Rising. This podcast is dedicated to conversations with the world's leading experts on how we can support and value motherhood differently and mamas themselves dedicated to changing their own definition of motherhood all through the lens of the world-changing understanding of matrescence. Thank you for being here and thank you for being a part of the movement. Welcome back to the podcast, Mamas. I have been talking about how to be okay with the changes within you, how to parent calmly, how to forgive yourself, how to understand yourself for many, many years. And even after all this time, there are moments in my parenting, in my motherhood experience, in my life, where I have to ask myself, ah, why does this keep showing up? Why is this here again? What has this got to teach me? That's why I wanted to interview Susie O'Hare in the podcast this week. Susie is the author of Heal the Mother, Heal the Child. And she looks at this connection between healing and understanding ourselves and yes, our own inner child, our own experiences. And that allows us to be the best mum we can be. I loved this interview because as always, it's more than just a general conversation. It's filled with examples, tools and ideas. I hope that it reminds you that the most important thing you can do as a mama is really look within yourself and see what you need to heal. Enjoy. Susie, hi. And welcome to the podcast. It's really lovely to connect with you. Hi, Amy. I'm so glad to be here. And thank you for inviting me on today. I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about because over the many years and the many thousands of women that I've spoken to and worked with, one of the things that I often hear is, I wasn't even an angry person before I became a mum. But something, it gets triggered in me. I don't even know where it comes from. We have these emotional reactions that are towards our children that come out in motherhood and we often feel incredibly shamed about it and don't know what to do. So the intention of our conversation is to really talk about these triggers and what to do with them and actually see them as opportunities to heal ourselves so we can help heal our children. So let's start with you and your work in this. You're a mama of four. How did this all come about for you? How did you find motherhood at the start? How did I find motherhood at the start? Okay, so going back 14 years ago, um, I 
I probably found it really hard. I didn't in one sense. So in the sense of being all in the long nights and the breastfeeding and the slowing down and connecting with the baby and everything. I just took that on just straight away because I'd wanted a baby for probably six years. What I didn't, so all of that was beautiful and everything that I had wished for and manifested for, and it was just the ultimate. What I guess I didn't think about was how triggered you can get from your from your children. That was something I'd heard people say, oh, parenting is so hard. And I used to think, oh, you know, whatever. And, but I always thought people were talking about the sleepless nights and yes. you know, little toddler tantrum or maybe not having time for yourself as a mom or losing your identity. And, and all of that I was like, yeah, I'm ready for that. But I guess I didn't, I didn't realize how much they could trigger you and trigger the worst out of you. And that really didn't sort of play out, I think, until my eldest daughter might have been around two and a half, three, because she was so fiercely independent and so fiercely headstrong and so fiercely energetic that wherever we went, people would notice and people would comment. And that would trigger me. And instead of feeling or knowing about trigger work and thinking, actually, it's a part of me and it's, you know, down to my childhood or what I feel about myself, I would look at my daughter, you know, why is she so energetic? Why is she so confident in herself? Why is she so hard to parent? And that then started to bring in a disconnect with her from a very early age. Uh, It's not there now. It's beautifully healed and she's amazing. She's almost 14. And I didn't have it with my other children. I have another three children. It's my first child that was here, I believe, for that reason. Yeah. It's interesting. I've heard that again. Something I've heard a lot with all of the women is one child in particular will be the strongest trigger or the one that they struggle with the most. Yeah. And they, it's such a cliche, Susie, but they really are the teachers, aren't they? 100%. 100%. And I guess when you think about being a, I've got a little baby as well. She's six months old. And every time you get to a point where you think, oh, I've, you know, I've got this now, I've got the sleep down or I've got the, you know, the potty training down and then it shifts and you change and you think, oh my goodness, I was only just saying yesterday how I've mastered this now. I'm finding it's the same with my daughter as she gets older. So we could have a couple of years where I think, oh, this is so flowy and great. And then bang, teenage years hit. And I wasn't expecting that. So it's, it's always moving. There's more triggers and more layers. And she's not aware that she's the child that's been here to help me in that way. Uh, when she's older, I can kind of go through it with her and explain it to her and, and, and thank her. <laughs> yeah, yes. big work. Um, and just a little personal note on that. That's exactly what happened with my mother and I. We, I was a big trigger for her a big one. And um, we really did have years of, of being challenging each other and triggering each other. And now, especially once I became a mum, that relationship really healed and changed. And we can talk like that now. She does say you're the greatest teacher I've ever had. And, and we can reflect back on that. But um, oh, I love yes, that. when you're in it, when you're in it, you don't always see it. So you've done a lot of work around this, around being triggered and the you have a beautiful uh, philosophy, which is the basis of your work and your book, which is instead of healing the child, we must allow ourselves to witness that our child is our mirror. So where did that lesson begin with you? Um, that would probably be, I've written uh, two books and my first book was when I really started to understand 
that we're in a sort of society that is really wanting to fix children. And from a really early age, uh, if there's an issue with the child's behavior, then, you know, whether you see a psychologist, a pediatrician, an OT, whatever that might be. And I know that they can be very supportive and helpful, but I feel that there's a huge link that we're missing on the mom. And I got to a point where I was just, everything was so foggy that I couldn't think what to do to help my daughter. We'd seen lots of different experts, teachers, move schools. We tried everything from medication holistically. We'd done everything. And I, I reached out to a friend and she said to me, how are you? You know, I know you're doing all this other stuff, but how are you? And I said, you know what? I am falling apart. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what decision is the right one anymore. I'm so confused. And she said, Susie, the mothers are the glue of the family. And you can't help your family if you're falling apart yourself. You have to fix yourself. And only then can you support your children and your family. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that's me. How can I possibly try and do this when I'm falling apart, running from here to there? And so it was that point that I started to go on this healing journey. I did lots of work for, for many years. I'm still in it now because I feel it's ongoing for, for us all. And it was at that point where my husband said, do you know what? He said, it's really funny. You've changed and our daughter is so much better. Maybe the issue was with you. And I got triggered by that. <laughs> I think we all would. I think every woman just listening right now is like, he said, what? <laughs> because then I think I hadn't really done the trigger work. But so, you know, I probably reacted to it but in a way that I shouldn't. But anyway, but when I sat with it, I thought, oh, my gosh, he's right. Because my daughter was my mirror. So when I was frantic and running through life at a million miles an hour, because when we do this, we stop sitting with ourselves and we stopped taking a look inside and really connecting with us. So with running, 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 she was just my mirror. My other two children were, they could be happily playing, very calm and quiet. But when I was stressed, my daughter would be stressed. And it's the biggest learning curve for me to realize that if she's off, I have to come back to myself. And is that what you mean about what we can do when we feel triggered? So when we notice our reaction to our children or when we notice ourselves getting worked up or that reaction to come back to ourselves instead of looking towards the person that has triggered us mm, yeah 100 and I think my husband started doing this work a few years ago as well maybe only two years ago so he can quite actively say to me now listen it's not me that's the problem it's just triggered you because of that part of yourself that's wounded which he still can't believe that he talks like that <laughs> at times so and then I'll say remember when you said that it's like I did not say that but he did um and it's true it for me it always comes back to the inner child stuff I didn't have a connection with my own mother from a very early age I still don't we've been estranged for 20 years and that pain runs deep and so even yesterday we went for a beautiful mother's day lunch and I was triggered by a complete stranger um and but but what I did is instead of reacting I just realized it's the trigger oh my gosh it's the trigger it's it's not anything to do with that other person it's me I sat with it and just breathed for a minute and then thought well I'll, I'll come back to that later and I'll do some work on it and then I just carried on with what I was doing and then later I just started processing and processing it and it's when I had that aha moment it was because it was mother's day mm. and there's all I kept seeing all these mums together and these daughters and it was making me so emotional for them because I thought that's so beautiful even people we don't even know 
can trigger us. You know, you think about road rage or whatever's happening. It's just being triggered because there's something going on with us. It's not always in a child, of course, but how we feel about ourselves, our acceptance, our self-love. What do you think about delayed triggers, what I mean by this, or delayed stress responses, I guess, is a better way to say it. You know, I too have done a lot of work around this over many years. I used to have quite a fiery volcanic uh, anger and it would burst out of me when I was overwhelmed or stressed. And so part of becoming a mother was this commitment to really working on understanding myself around this way. And what I noticed over the many years I've been looking at this is it can be the smallest thing that will go wrong in the family. You know, we're, we're late, someone can't find a shoe, that kind of thing. And then when I give myself that time later in the day to reflect on what happened and why I reacted the way I did, I can see that actually it was something that I was really upset about that happened two days ago that I hadn't dealt with or processed. You know, it was, I feel really overwhelmed that two days ago that thing happened that really hurt me and I haven't dealt with that. I've silently carried that. And then that shoe missing was the last straw. So this doesn't always have to be the immediate trigger or mirror, does it? It can also be the underlying story that you're carrying of it's always up to me or, you know, why is this so hard? I'm such a bad mum. Whatever the story is we're carrying that is from a few days ago that might still be within us. So true. Oh, my gosh. And I think um, that's happened to me so many times when, as you say, you might be playing stories in your mind as well. For me, I used to fall into victimhood a lot. And it was something that was a learned behavior because that's how my mom was. So I only ever saw her wrapped up in victimhood. It was never any joy from parenting. There was never any, you know, laughter or fun. It was always, it's so hard. My life's so hard. It was a lot of that. Um, But again, one of the things I've found as well is there's also healing in the anger. And I have a practice, what's called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. And like you, I was going through a stage where there was quite a lot of anger. And at times I was parenting with that. And I was trying to be this mom and in the mornings and be so calm. And one tiny thing would happen and it would all explode. And a couple of things I shared in my book was if you feel that as well, and you feel like you're getting triggered, it's about to kind of explode onto the entire family to take yourself away and take yourself on timeout. And you'd go and just scream into a pillow in the other room. I used to do that. You get a bit of a sore throat, so you can kind of roar a bit from your tummy. <laughs> but then other tools that I've used is to tap on certain points, just I'm calm, I'm calm. And I've done that quite a bit as well. Mm. Um, and another time as well where I felt this, this kind of anger, this trigger, and Carl took the children to school, and I felt so angry. And so many things have been happening. Again, I think all building up. And I sat down on the floor, and I closed my eyes, and I just started to breathe with this anger which is something that we don't often do. And then anger can kind of bring up shame, which again is not fair or not right because it's just an emotion and it's very powerful. I started to breathe and hold on to my heart. And then the anger took me to some childhood stuff that I ended up, I'd forgotten about. I started journaling, I put on a meditation and I worked through it. And yeah, that was quite powerful. I think I'd actually been harboring a lot of stuff as well. It sounds like the way that you have really explored this for yourself is using a lot of different tools 
But the very first one is to be willing to have a look at it. Yeah. But that's the most uncomfortable one though, Susie, isn't it? For everyone listening, they're like, yeah, you know, to, to commit, to find the courage to commit to saying, I'm going to look at what this is for me yeah. instead of looking at why she or he's behaving that way. That takes an incredible amount of courage, don't you think? And I think that it's something that hasn't been taught to us as well. Yeah. And a lot of people tend to get to it when they are in chaos and they think, you know, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And then there's that change. I think there's a definite difference that I'm seeing now in a lot of women that have been reading my book that are doing it before they have children or when they're pregnant. And I think, oh my gosh, what a beautiful thing. But I think for, for myself, I just got to a point where I thought, I can't kind of carry on like this. This is not the mum that I thought I was going to be. I, I didn't think I was going to be like this, like falling apart and, you know, just self-sabotaging and just being so down on myself. And then there was the whole fakeness as well, Amy, because on social media, I was sharing all these beautiful family photos and hashtagging about happiness and joy and love, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> and, you know, that, that was a big thing for me to have to say, actually, this, my life isn't like this behind closed doors and doing the work. It, it's not always pretty as you'll know, and it's not always hearts and rainbows and it, it can take you through some real big dips, but I found that I feel lighter and a lot of the women that I know that have done the work and are doing the work and are doing the healing are really coming home to themselves. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, but yeah, very scary and, and takes a lot of courage. But we're we, we've got courage. We can do it. We can. We're mothers. And just thinking back to when your husband said, you know, oh, wow, it was you and not the daughter. That can also feel like a great sense of responsibility for many women of, you know, oh, so what? This is my fault? Yeah. What do you say to women who feel that? So you're saying that, you know, this may be what's in her head right now. Let's try and get in her head. So you're saying that the reason my child is having these challenges is because I am not looking at my own challenges. So now I have to do that. What would you say to a woman who says that to you? Um, well, I was that woman. <laughs> Good. I remember Good well. to hear. <laughs> and I remember that at that time in our marriage, it wasn't a great place to be. And I was really worried about it. And it was very shaky. And when I think back now, Carl says he doesn't remember any of that. Um, and he didn't understand that that's how I was. But I was thinking it was, are we going to make it, is what I was feeling. But he wasn't ready to go on his own healing journey. Um, I started to go on this big healing journey and went down lots of different paths and did it alone, which was fine. Met some beautiful friends on the process, and that's been really beautiful. And then two years ago, I bought Carl a men's course to go on because I knew that he had stuff that he needed to work through. And I remember him sitting there saying, but there's nothing wrong with me. I'm completely fine. Everything's great. You know, it almost feels like you're the problem. You're the one that can feel all over the place. You're the one that gets upset. You're the one that gets triggered. And I said, look, well, I bought it you for Christmas and I would really like you to go on, on this course. And that changed his life and our marriage and our relationship with our children because um, he was the sort of person that felt that any sort of mental health issue was a weakness. So if he ever saw me having a cry, which we do, or having a whine, which we do, and all of these different things, he saw that as a sort of weakness. Um, but I just, I always remember reading a quote about 
if you're trying to go on this healing journey and your partner doesn't want to or isn't ready, to just go on it yourself anyway, because the changes that will happen in you, they will start to look at it for them because they'll see you so changed. Some couples, they might not make it, that, you know, they might change, but that for me was um, when your children see you doing the work and changing, your children can change too. So it, it almost feels like, yes, I had to go first as a woman. It's not always the case. You know, there's, there's some men I know that have gone on the healing journey and their partners aren't ready. Um, but I just kind of put my big girl pants on <laughs> and just went forth. And then it, it's been amazing to see the difference in Carl as well. Oh, thank you for that really honest insight into, um, into that whole journey. I, I know that would be incredibly comforting for a lot of the women listening because they're the conversations we have in my programs and in my community. You know, he's not ready or she's not ready. And I don't want to do it without them because I'm afraid if I start, something will, will fall apart. And, and you don't know where it's going to end up. You don't know. But it reminds me of that quote, which is, it's more painful to stay here than to not change. Like it's actually more painful to stay in the place where you are triggered by everything and then you do feel terribly guilty and ashamed that you yelled at your kids or you reacted that way. And then every morning you wake up and you promise yourself you're not going to do it and then it happens again and you get in this place where you just do not like the way that you are. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, that's when we have to say, I, I can't wait for you. I can't do it for anyone else. I have to do it for myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's really inspiring. Thank you for that insight. You currently have a meditation on your website called The Triggers Are the Guides, which everyone can download by going to your website. It pops up when you land there and you can get it for free. What do you mean by they are our guides? So I feel that when we are triggered, it takes us to the point of the pain. And when I started to learn about this, this work maybe four years ago, it's interesting that I, if I look at family members now when they get triggered, I can see it differently. And I almost don't, I don't get, you know, with families, they can get triggered and you get triggered because they got triggered. And then <laughs> <laughs> happening and it can happen around, you know, Christmas and birthdays and Easter when we're all together. But I find when you actually start to unpack each trigger and work on it layer by layer by layer, it's then better so much even in your family because you can see other people getting triggered you can, and then you can start to think you have more compassion for other people as well. Never mind the healing you're doing on yourself. You start to have a, a compassion because you can think, well, hang on, think about that person, what they've gone through, think about their childhood. You know, I've done this with some family members. So it's, um, but for me, I think, you know, I explained yesterday about the trigger that I had yesterday, the Mother's Day lunch, which was so random. But I got deeply triggered and before I would have just gone a whole different way, you know, maybe even been a bit uppity about something. That's not right. And this isn't. And I thought, gosh, it's, it's nothing to do with that. I was able to stop, pause, think about it and then remember that it was probably. In, in fact, at that moment, I didn't know what it was, but I just knew I'd been triggered. I knew I wasn't going to go into my old repetitive story and behaviors. I was going to stop, pause, see my children's faces and Carl's face really feel in the moment how beautiful this moment was with us having this beautiful lunch together. And then I thought, you know, and I'll come back to that trigger later, but it ended up just evolving so beautifully, long story, but it was just, I could then go back on it later on in the car. And I said to Carl, gosh, that trigger, 
it was nothing to do with that other person. It was because of me, my childhood wound, not having my mom in my life. Mother's Day is a big day. I probably hadn't even thought about that. I was just so busy with the children. Um, and yeah, I think for our my marriage with Carl, it's been so much better because when he says something to me, we can all get triggered with our partners and I trigger him. But when he says something to me now, I can feel, gosh, it's not him. It's actually me. And, and what's interesting, the more I've done this work and the more I've embodied it and, and learned how to unpack it, I can physically feel a trigger in my body now. So if somebody says something to me, I quite often I can hold my heart almost like it's I can feel the, the, the pain here. Mm. And that's been a new thing. And I think, oh, my gosh, I can, I'm actually physically able to feel it. Mm. And, um, and so, many us, so many of us are unconscious to triggers. We feel it's the other person, you know, the person in the car, the person at the school run, the, the mom at the school pickup, you know, the, our friend, our sister, our mom. But actually, it's all, all within. It's all us. And what I love about this experience of exploring this is that you also become incredibly compassionate, but also maybe not 100% unaffected, but a lot less affected by other people being triggered, meaning if you're just having a conversation or trying to explain something and you notice the other person just suddenly tips into anger or has a reaction, instead of taking that on and reacting personally and then you being triggered, like you said, family triggers each other, I find it because of the years of compassion I've had to practice towards myself and recognising why I reacted the way I did or what's really going on underneath, I find I can do that for others better as well. So if I see someone has been triggered, I don't have to meet them there. I can look at them and think, oh, wow, something I just said has really triggered something in you. Okay. It just, it allows you to have that compassion go both ways, doesn't it? I feel as well, um, one of the things I wanted to highlight is when I talk about, you know, heal the mother, heal the child, that work is has been transformational for me as a mother but it doesn't always mean that your child is going to be this perfect person mm -hmm. that you want to be. <laughs> it's important yeah. let's make that clear <laughs> um and but what I'm learning is when we do the work as mums and our child acts a certain way we're able to not enter the chaos which is a little bit of what we, were you just say not kind of enter the chaos you can almost hold space for them for who they need to be and I find even when other people will say something about my eldest daughter or say something you know whatever it might be I don't fall into that trigger again I think it's okay because I finally learned to love me and know that I'm enough and then I'm doing my best and she is who she is and it's you know I think we take on too much as parents we take on too much guilt and we have to realize that our children come through as their own souls as well so that's that's been a real that's a lesson for me at the moment as I raise a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Mine's 13 and a half too. So uh, my full sympathies and understanding with, um, with where you're at. Um, thank you so much. I think we need to have more conversations like this as women and mothers and, and talk openly without shame about these wounds and these reactions, these emotions that we have. As you said, there's nothing to be ashamed about your anger. It's just an emotion, but it's guiding you to look somewhere. 
Yeah. It's guiding you to say, oh, there's something there that's within you that needs to be looked at. And if we can do that, then we can, as you said, stay steady in the chaos of parenting sometimes and life and really create these amazing relationships and bonds with our children and our partners. So thank you for the work that you're doing, Susie. Thank you, Amy. Thanks so much for having me today. I've loved it. I loved this conversation. I loved the honesty that Susie spoke about in the changes that she's experienced, not only in her life, but her relationship. You can find out all of the details about Susie's book, Heal the Mother, Heal the Child, at susieohare.com, as well as the free meditation download that is available on her website. And remember, it's okay we don't know how to do this. It's okay that we struggle, that we lose our temper at times, that we're trying to figure this out. That is the exact purpose of matrescence. You are in the middle of a rite of passage. You're in the middle of a transformation. Be kind to yourself. Know that the most important thing to do is focus on your own healing first. And if you want guided meditations, to change the way you speak to yourself, to change the way that you reflect on your own experience of being a mama. Go to amytaylorkabaz.com forward slash programs to find a whole list of resources that you can use right now to understand yourself, forgive yourself and begin to heal. Thank you for being a part of this conversation, mama. We change the way mothers are valued and seen in our society and our world by bringing these conversations to light and spreading the whispers of matrescence. And so I ask you to be a part of this movement now. Speak to others around you about matrescence, about your experience of motherhood. Let's bring it to light together. To find out more about matrescence, go to amytaylorkabaz.com forward slash matrescence and receive your free ebook, The Matrescence Map, so you can understand it even deeper. Thank you for being a part of this. Until next week, Satnam. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.